Hello, beautiful light beams. Welcome back to the Brittany Renee experience. Today, I have a sacred soul sister of mine who I have had the pleasure of witnessing and some of her growth, and she is now astronomically growing even more. So it is the best time to have her on here because she has all sorts of goodness for you today. So without further ado, Poe with Big Red Alchemy, give us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. So excited to be here with you, Brittany. Um, I am a somatic healer, microdosing guide, and desire coach and spiritual mentor. And I really help women come back into their bodies and really uncover the layers that are keeping them from being their true authentic self and that are blocking them from being truly seen and heard and shining their radiant magical light out in the world and you know for many people that could just be like everyday life like connecting in some people it's you know showing up in their work and really you know whether that's online or with their clients um but all all in all it's about like really coming out of hiding mm, we love that today's <laughs> gonna be a juicy juicy session okay so let's start with authenticity because anyone who knows me knows this is like all of the flavor this year how do you think that you show up like how can someone kind of take an intake of am I being authentic or not? Or how do I become more authentic? And you can riff in this with business or personal relationships or wherever your heart takes you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we all know when we are trying to put on an image of perfection. And a lot of clients that come to me are people pleasers and perfectionists. Mm -hmm. And like, I am a recovering one of those. So that's why I know it so well and why I work with this yes. people. Um, but when I am not trying to do it just right, I'm not trying to fit in and do it like everybody else or like contain myself because I'm thinking, oh, that's too much. You know, when I can just be so relaxed in my body, because a lot of my work is around surrender mm. and relaxing the body. And when, you know, because actually the foundation of my work is Taoism and I'm, I have a history of being an acupuncturist. So I bring that into my work as well. And I remember my teacher in acupuncture school saying, you cannot heal if you are not relaxed. Like if you're stressed, you can't heal. And so when I'm authentic, I am just relaxed. I'm just being myself. That means like messy. That means powerful. That means everything in between. And I can feel it. And I think anybody else can feel it in that moment when they're like getting tight or like trying to contort themselves to fitting in or worrying about what people think. And it's not like I don't ever do that. I mean, I'm human, right? But <laughs> right. <laughs> we this is a practice it's a practice it's all about the practice of like leaning into those moments of being like oh yeah i'm doing that thing right now mm -hmm. can i just relax right now and drop into who i truly am and obviously there's other work that's involved like i have an anger alchemy modality i created that really helps to shed the layers so that you can uncover your true self um, but that's how I feel when I'm authentic. And also I'm laughing my ass off. Like, if, <laughs> like that's, that's like the real me, like I'm loud. That's just, you know, and I used to try to contain that. I used to want to be like, 
you know, smaller because it would feel comfortable and, mm. oh, I'm too loud. My voice is too big. I laugh too big. And I used to judge all of those things about myself. And, you know, over time and with practice, I was just like, you know what? It's it just, I want to be me. I don't want to die living with regrets of oh, not yes. showing up as myself. Like that's, I feel like the worst possible thing that could happen for me. Mm. So good. You know, there's, there's so many places I want to go already with this conversation. So anger, anger, alchemy, I think this is a big piece to kind of lean into because I know for me, so Poe and I actually met doing a mastermind together and right away I was like, Ooh, this woman's energy. Like I need to know more about what's happening. And I was also simultaneously moving through intense grief from separating from a partner. And so that was actually one of the first things that when I was learning about you, I'm like, what is this anger alchemy? And I ended up being in my own bubble because I have just been in a process. However, I do want you to share about this because I know when we were talking, I was just number one, like, wow, I know I could probably benefit from this, but also collectively as we're awakening and as people are tuning in and waking up, it is normal. Like, let's just fucking normalize that anger is normal and it's healthy to process it. Because if we don't, then we have our bodies holding energy that becomes inflammation or disease, or I could go on. But I want you to dive into that because I think we need, we, I know we need more resources like this and more people doing this work. So explain what that looks like when someone comes in and does that with you. Yeah, I mean, it's been a game changer for my clients because what I find in general with the healing work is when we tap into and heal and love on the parts that are holding the most shame mm. and are avoided the most, it's like it's like tapping into the root, you know, and that's all of my work is like healing the root cause. And, you know, when we pull out a weed, we don't want to trim the branches. We want to pull it up from the root, right? And so when we do this work of anger alchemy, it's like really going to that, that, that root space. And it really is a combination of things. It's boundary work because so many of the women who are disconnected from anger uh, have a history of being a good girl or no, they're yes. spiritual and they're <laughs> like, oh, it's not spiritual to feel angry. Um, and or they're really afraid to tap into their power because once you start alchemizing the anger, it actually transforms into power mm-hmm. and to fuel. Um, so, yeah, there's all, you know, so boundary work, um, activating the voice because I find a pattern of repressed anger in the body shows up as tight chest, Mm. tight throat and a tight jaw. This whole area is tight because it takes a lot of energy and a lot of work for us to repress and hold all that energy in. And that area is like where it gets stuck. And I'm sure many women who are listening to this episode (laughs) right now are probably like, oh my God, I feel so called out um, because I hear it over and over again. So we activate the voice in anger alchemy as well. Another aspect of anger alchemy is inner child healing. What Mm -hmm. I have discovered, not only from my own process, because you guys, I'm doing this work and I'm bringing this movement out into the world because it's my own journey. I was a raging bitch. I was so angry. And I did not 
I had so much shame and judgment about it. And so once I was able to tap into it, so much open for me, but the inner child is like, what I've noticed and felt is that so many women, their inner children are so angry Mm. and they don't even know it until they start doing this work because they see, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I shut down in that moment or those moments, you know, where whether it was conditioning or in the family or whatever it was where they were felt silenced, right? Yeah. They, they couldn't be seen, they couldn't be heard. Um, and so it runs really, really deep. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, and then we work with the body, like the somatic part of like really tapping into what it feels like and bringing that like love into that space. It's so key. And it's like, people think that it's like scary because they're going to get stuck there. They think that they're going to lose control. They think they're going to hurt somebody else or themselves if they tap into their anger, but it's actually the opposite. They, they start to fall in love with themselves and it's so gentle and um, they start to forgive and they feel this peace that they've never felt before. Mm, You're doing, you're doing such incredible work and I'm just so grateful that you're doing this. So I have a question. Do you think that in the process of, you know, getting in or tapping into the anger, do you think that anger comes and then grief or is it grief and then anger or does it kind of depend on the person? I love this question. Okay. So this is such a great question. So the way I see the layers is the top, top layer usually is like a lot of, is like suffering. So that's like the ego stuff. This is all in my language. So um, like all the condition, the stories and narratives and all that stuff, right? That's on the top. It's like a distraction. That's all distraction from feeling the true feelings underneath. Okay. Then there are people, women that can feel grief easily, right? But they can feel sad, but that can also be a distraction sometimes. So thing, these things can be very tricky um, because that might be the go-to emotion because they don't want to actually feel that raw rage underneath, but that's not everybody. So, but a lot of times what I find is that there, when we people tap into the anger, there is that deeper level of grief underneath. So that's usually the thing. And I, so I feel like when there's grief above the anger, it's usually more, um, it's not the deeper, deeper grief. Mm-hmm. Like maybe sense. it's not connected to the, in, the youngest part of them. Yeah. You know, and I think I just have like to, ooh, I have to second this in so many ways because our dryer over here is saying, hello. I don't know if you can hear that on the zoom. Um, the, the process that I just went through, which like, I think that all of us who are here to heal people, right. All of us who are doing this work, like we are literally guiding y'all through our work and then our work gets taken to a deeper level, right? Because we're like, oh, we got that level. Let me help you get there. But then we're simultaneously typically exploring a different level or layer of this. Now in this separation from this partner, I have never been so, like, I've never been so rocked by a separation ever, ever. And I've been divorced and, like, had kids with people. This really, like, I told Spirit, 
last year. I was like, I really want this year to be about authenticity. Like I want it to be about authenticity, whatever's not authentic, like get it out of me, get it out of my life. And like, I mean, it was within two weeks of doing this like affirmation prayer of just like everything that's not authentic, that things started blowing up. But then I got this partner, which I was like, oh, this is, this is like my person. I'm like two feet in the boat. This is it. But all of the tendrils that I didn't know were there still around people pleasing and around like not fully being in my voice or not fully being in my body started like slowly kind of creeping into the space. And it wasn't like a, you know, prior relationships I could see very quickly, like, oh, I'm like leaning out of myself. In this one, it was such a slow roll into it that six months in, I was driving and I was totally disassociating, like looking around and I'm like, I'm so not in my body. Like I'm not okay. I'm emotionally feeling unsafe. Little Brittany is like rearing her head, like what is going on? And she is angry. (laughs) So I'm like, okay. So in one hand, I'm sharing this to say, for those of you listening, if you are like in it right now, like in the shit, whether it is a breakup or maybe you got laid off or whatever it might be, just honor the mess. Because I think the only reason that I am now six months post this relationship and I feel pretty grounded is I was just so messy. I was like, you know what? I set a boundary. He crossed it. I did not want to leave this relationship at all, but I did. And then I went through this grief immensely. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to get angry. And people were like, you're just sad right now. Like you're, (laughs) you're going to hit that point. And then my stuff was sent back because we had a house that wasn't this house that I'm in. And he wouldn't even let me come and get my things. Like he shipped my things back to me in boxes that it literally looks like you took like drawers of things and just threw them in a box and then slapped tape on it. Wow. When I tell you (laughs) that that was the moment that the rage made its (laughs) Oh, you're like, fuck this. (laughs) I'm done. Whoa. And for me, anyone who knows me, I'm very much typically like, I've I've got a very cool demeanor. Like I am, if the house started burning, you're not going to see me freak out. I'm just going to drop into like, get it done mode. Like, what do we need to do? What needs to happen? Like, we're just calm, cool, collected. We'll have that freak out moment later. But this, like I FaceTimed my girlfriend and I'm like, I feel it in my womb. Like I feel the fire coming up me right now. (laughs) And I'm like showing her what's happening. Cause I'm like, I'm not crazy. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not crazy to be as angry as I am right now. And she's like, I'm actually surprised you're not angrier. Mm. So I literally let myself like go so slow going through these boxes because part of me wanted to get through the anger. Cause for me, I am more comfortable in grief. Mm -hmm. And I would say more comfortable and more of the surface grief. So with the way you just kind of sliced this up makes sense to me. Yes. Because I'm like, Ooh, I don't like, I don't like this. This anger is not something that I navigate often. And I let myself go slow through these things because I'm like, as soon as I 
rush through all of this and get through all these pieces. I'm just going to try to move out of this. And ironically, you were in the pod. And so I thought of you and I was like, I need to just let myself be like in whatever it is that's wanting to come up. And finally, on like the last day that I got the boxes through, it took me like almost a month, to be honest, because I was just like, I would get even angry walking in the room where the boxes were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, nope. And I'd shut it back and be like, not today. But by the end of it, you know, I had gotten everything pretty much out, moved, sorted. I literally put all the boxes up and like, did put on like I think it was NF has a song right now that was just like so on point and I moved and danced and like slammed the ground and I like kicked the boxes and I was like I'm done like I'm so done and what's interesting is then I was like okay I actually feel that reprieve right and then I would say probably a week or two after that I hit this bout of grief that I yes. never touched Exactly. And wow. this is I, like so perfect. I, I, first, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your experience on because you're describing it exactly like it's so textbook in a lot of ways, you know, like, so thank you for sharing because it's like, boom, these people that are listening right now need to hear this because so mm -hmm. many women do not talk about their feelings around this and they're ashamed that they're even feeling this way and you're giving so much permission for them. So thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's part of my mission here is to give permission slips constantly. So like, I hope everyone is taking one who needs one. Um, but yeah, I hit this level of grief and I, I didn't even like know how to move in it. It was really a space that for me, because I'm, I do embodiment work as well, right? Like we, you and I share so many similarities in the work that we do and I'm sitting with it. I'm sitting in my morning ritual. I'm sitting in my body and I'm like almost numb because I'm just like, I've never felt this deep of like sorrow, grief, sadness, that it's not just oh, my mind, I'm sad because like I broke up. No, like my whole being is like rocked right now. And so then it was finding the space to hold that, you know, and finding the tribe and the people. And I realized that I went really hermit mode, I would say, right? Because I just, I needed to be with parts of myself that I didn't even know needed me. <laughs> And the inner child piece, because I'm big on inner child work. And like me and little me, like she's back here on my vision board hanging she's out. She's so cute. I love her. <laughs> she's yeah. right there. Um, I didn't have hair when I was born. So when I did start getting hair, it came in like this little mohawk and my mom just ran with it. So, you know, I was later a pageant girl. It was fine. Um, however, that's the part of me that I always sat with. And suddenly one day I was in meditation and I got this drop in because I started getting angry also in this deep grief with myself mm -hmm. because I'm like, bitch, you knew better. Like you, if you would have just taken the love glasses off for a moment, you would have noticed the little ticks here and the little ticks there. And like, you just allowed that to go. And then you didn't speak when you needed to. It was only when we were in like, you know, crisis mode 
And I saw a part of me that I'm like, where did that start? Like, where's the root, right? Here's the root work that I was navigating was where's the root for me. Then it took me back, which we won't go into this long story, but there was something that happened with my parents when I was like nine years old. And long story short, we basically, my brother and I got dropped off with another part of my family and my parents left and went on the run from the law. I was told they were on a business trip. My whole being at, I think it was eight or nine years old, was like, something is wrong. Something's not right. My mom is like crying, but smiling at the same time. My dad's just pretending like everything's okay. We're all of a sudden like moving states with our family. Like, where's mom? Like just so many red alerts and flags, right? Like, and at the time, everybody lied to me. Like everybody lied to me. And they were like, no, 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 everything's fine. It's all good. And it's like, I knew in my intuition that something wasn't right, but I wasn't big enough to understand what was happening. And so then this whole catapult happened with, you know, down the line, trust issues with my family, figuring out like, oh, I went against my intuition because everybody else told me that I was wrong. And I just listened that everybody else told me that I was wrong. And now I look back and I sat in this moment and I was like, oh, that's the version of me that I have to go back to. That's the version of me that I have to sit with and be like, you were right. Mm-hmm. Everybody told you you were wrong and you were right. And you didn't know and you didn't have the tools and you didn't understand what that meant, but you were right. You've always been right. And so I literally went back to Florida to the exact place that this swap like happened with my family when I was nine And I went into the water because it was at the Don Cesar down in Florida. And I like called that part of me in. And I just said, like, people were probably like, what is this girl doing? I sat in the water, just sobbing and rocking and doing light language. And the sun was setting. And I was like pulling in all of these sun codes. But I left that water feeling this level of completeness that like, Mm -hmm. without that, what felt like a catastrophe of a separation, I would have maybe never known like that part of me. And it's so much more integrated now because I'm like, oh, we've got like little me, but then we have this version that like my intuition was so on point and everyone around me shut it down. Oh my God. There's so much here to talk no, about. Like, no. I mean, the first Thanks part- for coming to my Ted talk. <laughs> it's so juicy. It's so juicy because this is everything. And it's so aligned with the process, you know, the anger alchemy process, the first part is like, you allowed this experience that was deeply activating and triggering to you to be an entry point to a portal, you Mm. know, of healing. And that's really the work, you know, when I guide people in the anger alchemy process, it is about connecting to that activation. What is it that you're fucking pissed at? What is it that is driving you crazy? What are you resentful at? And that can't, you can't stop thinking about over and over in your head, right? Those are the beautiful gifts that are given to us, even though they're so fucking painful. And if we allow ourselves to receive them as the gift that they are, and allow that process, that messiness and the unfolding, and then, you know, really surrendering to that journey and letting it take us to like Florida to like unravel. Like, it's like, yes, like that's what it's all about. And so that's the first thing I want to talk about, like that, just really surrendering to the activation and letting that open you. And Mm -hmm. then two, like you talked about, you know, 
your self anger. I mean, this is what so many of my clients experience too, is like they come back to this place of like, damn, I'm pissed at myself, you know, the same thing. So this is so common. I'm just saying all this because I want everybody to know who's listening that this is very much a part of the journey and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, being angry at yourself is okay. It's just, we need to allow ourselves to alchemize that process, you know, that part. Mm. And then that the, the, the thing that we come to at the end is that wisdom, right? You uncover all these layers and then you get to tap now even deeper. I'm guessing that you are deeper, deeply connected even more to your wisdom, to your knowing after this whole journey, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to, you know, you're already super intuitive and you're psychic and all the things that you do, um, but this uncovering process, then we can have that access even more clear, right? And then you you can trust it even more. And then now you, you're open to more goodness in your life. You know, maybe another partner who is actually aligned for you or whatever <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's, you know, I think the other piece too that is what I'm like my current space. Like, yes, I feel so much more connected. I'm like so grateful that this was the first time I think I really let myself be that messy. And like, I know that was all because I am intuitive and I've done all this work around surrender. Right. And all these pieces of like, we know when we get into these spaces, like everything is happening for us, whether we want to believe that or not. Yeah. And so all of the tools up to here, I think allowed this to be an entirely different process. And for those people listening that don't have these tools or they're like, what does that even mean? Like, Poe is exactly the type of person that you want to connect with because she is this guide into all of these layers and spaces. And we do work very similarly, but like my work is a little bit more, I think, focused in identifying where I feel like you're really guiding people, like you're really dropping them into spaces. And I didn't even know you did, would you say acupuncture? Yeah, that's that's where I started my healing journey. I love that so much. I'm like, of course, that makes so much sense. When you said that, I'm like, of course, that's where you started. <laughs> but, you know, I think that there's just a big need in my space right now to just normalize. It is so normal to have multiple emotions at once too. Yes. Because right? we've been taught like, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And I'm like, I am, when someone asks how I am, I am honest. Like some days I'm like, <laughs> today has been a doozy, you know, or like whatever is happening. But I know like even now I feel very rooted and connected into my truth back into my embodied state as a being. But I also have this still like, hasn't fully let up sadness of the future timeline that I was locked into mm -hmm. with this person. Right. And so even dating like I've gone on some dates and I'm like sitting and I'm like if I'm really real with myself like I'm not fully out of that other timeline and like I've also had to allow myself to be okay with that because I'm like we had plans that were grandiose plans that were not just like me and him it was like our families kids businesses like all of this and so you know again permission slip like you are human. The human experience is dense. We do not ever do it perfectly. And like, allow yourself to be like really happy one moment and then have the moment that you're like, 
and I still am sad about this or whatever. And that's okay. Because I think even that, like, and I'd love for you to kind of riff on any of that, you know, I think even after people go through these process, like how do you help them hold that shift after they work with you? Right. Cause I know when we're like in these spaces with mentors or events, like we all get really amped up and really in it. Then we snap back into what's quote normal life. Right. And many people don't live lives like you and I do. So how do you offer kind of those tools for sustainability of this afterwards? Yeah. First thing I want to say is that it takes the time that it takes, you know, like what you were saying, like just really surrendering to that process and the natural unfolding, because the more we try to control it or say, oh, it needs to look a certain way, the more that you're going to create suffering for yourself. Mm. So that's the first thing. But then in terms of like, it's all the integration work, you know, so much of my work is around the day to day, like I call it living meditation. Um, because we can sit in meditation and have these moments of or even moments of like the raging right but it's really tuning in moment to moment into the practice of feeling what's happening inside so this is how people then can create sustainability in their processes what sensations am i feeling right now in my body am i numb right now Am I, you know, when I'm activated, what does that feel like? Oh, is there a pattern in the sensations that I'm feeling? Because that usually is the case. It's like, it's always the same thing over and over again. Okay, let me do this inquiry work. Let me drop into my body and feel what's happening and not try to hunt something down, but like be so open and relaxed that the wisdom bubbles up so that you can hear or feel it and then follow through with what your body wisdom is actually telling you what you need. And that's what I find so often people are, well, the whole process people are have, you know, have a hard time doing because they're so in their heads that mm. they don't want to be in their body. Not only they don't want to be, I think it's more that they're afraid to be in their body exactly. because there, there's so much happening inside and, you know, even if they don't know on a conscious level that they're afraid to be in the body, that is what's happening, you know, because of all the trauma that's living in there, etc. And feeling sensations is uncomfortable. Um, you know, feeling emotions, the raw emotions is uncomfortable. Like that's real. I, I get it. Like I was disassociated from my body for years because of my sexual traumas, you know, mm -hmm. so I get all of that. And we need to lean in if we want to be free and, and keep freeing ourselves over and over again. So we need to be committed. That's why I always stress on my clients is like that devotion to ourselves and commitment to ourselves in this practice, period. And mm -hmm. sometimes you won't do it and that's okay. You just forgive yourself and you just come back to the practice, just like in meditation, you have a thought, you come back into the breath, right? It's the same thing. That's what I mean by a living meditation is that we're constantly in this flow cycle of yin and yang and, you know, judgment and then compassion, whatever the cycle is. Um, but what I was saying earlier is like what I find so often because so many of the women who are holding on to anger and are people pleasers, right? Mm -hmm. And perfectionists. And they are so dis disconnected from what they need. Like they're literally putting all of their attention on everybody else that they have forgotten themselves. Mm -hmm. And so the practice is to constantly be in remembrance of who you are, what you need, what, you know, dropping in. And so 
So I would say to answer your question, it's like, first, are you really devoted mm. to you? Like, and I don't care if you have kids, I don't care if you have parents that are your caretaking, whatever it is, like, you need to come first. And I feel like that is always the hardest part for my clients is really prioritizing themselves and then filling themselves up and do the healing work for themselves. And then all everything else will overflow from there. Just naturally, all those issues start to shift, right? Again, is that branch root work. So yeah, coming home to you, which is the name of my program. <laughs> I love it so much. You know, and it's, I tell people, anybody that comes to me and like, well, I just don't have time or they'll make, you know, comments like, well, must be nice. I like posted a reel of me, like drinking my coffee in the hotel that I was in a few weeks ago. And someone was like, must be nice to just like sip coffee at 10 AM. And I responded back and I was like, thank you. It is nice. I've actually really worked to build the life that I have. And like the little snippets that we get on Instagram and all of this, like that's all they are. They are snippets of life, right? But the, the truth of it is, and I'll tell clients, I'm like, everyone has the same amount of time. Everybody gets 24 hours in a day. You don't have 18 hours and someone over here gets 24. That's not how this works. So when you see people doing things, it's because it is something you can also do. Yes. And it is like, I love that word devotion. I say commitment, but I'm like, you have to have a commitment to want to change change is fucking scary. People yes. are like, I don't know what's on the other side of that. And in I, mean, I, I want to say something about that, actually. Because what I found so often is that people are addicted to suffering. People <laughs> are attached to their suffering so much. It's like um, the coziest security blanket, right? It's so comfortable. I mean, even though it's suffering, it's really uncomfortable. It's also really comfortable because we understand it. We know it inside and out. We've been in it for how many years and decades, <laughs> right? It's like, it's all tore. It's like our favorite comfy t-shirt that has holes in it. Yes. And, you know, but the thing is, I find is with my clients, when they start doing this transition, you said, oh, afterwards, how do they actually, you know, embrace the good? Yes. I feel like that is the thing that people have the hardest time with is actually feeling good and like, because it's uncomfortable. It's like, you don't know what that is. Like you're going past that glass ceiling of an experience or feeling or whatever it is that you've never had before. And it's scary. And also there's this fear that the next shoe is gonna drop and you know, like it can't get better or like all these stories start coming in. Or they have guilt to feel yes, good. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. Cause it's like, oh yeah, maybe, you know, they'll have to leave people behind. Maybe, you know, the, their community is gonna judge them for being abundant and living a good life or, you know, cause there's so much happening in the world as well. Like there's, there's so much around, you know, being in the goodness and embracing mm. that. And I feel like that is really the, the, I mean, the anger work is to create the capacity and expand the space for the goodness. We're not just yes. anger work just to do the anger. We're doing it so that we can actually expand the capacity for abundance. That's exactly what it is. I don't remember what the quote is, but it's something along those lines that came up the other day. And I'm like, oh, this is it. It's not, you're not grieving or doing all of this just to be able to do that. You're actually doing this so you can actually have the opposing because like, that's what this is all about. And, you know, I want to speak to, to, we are never 
I don't say never a lot, but I am going to actually say this here. We are never going to experience in the human experience perfect peace all the time unless you are literally in a area of the world that you are surrounded by conscious beings who are working to have light, high frequency vibration all the time. If you are a mom like me living in America or wherever, and you have a job, you're a single mom, like you're going to have so many emotions. So like this, some people I think have this attaining idea of like, I want to attain this perfect, everything's just great. And then there's these like really funny things that could attach to this, right? Well, when I have X amount of money in my bank, this will be different. When I have this, this will be different. And I'm like, the magic of the human experience, in my opinion, is that we get to be the alchemist who gets to have all of what we think is over here now, if we just have the space and the tools to do that. So, you know, I was in my own process, but I also have witnessed, I have witnessed multimillionaires, almost billionaires be miserable. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah. Totally stuck in their mind, cannot and will not, cannot, will not go in their body <laughs> because getting in your body doesn't make money. Why mm. would I be doing that? Right. So there's these interesting things that I just want to like bring some of this up. And I would love to hear your like riff on this, but you know, everybody has the ability to have good, yummy energy wherever you are and hold on and make space for that because it won't be like that. Always something will happen. Something tragic will come in eventually, but then you also have the tools to be able to be like, okay, now I get to drop into this space, but then that good is going to come again. It is an ebb and a flow. So like the fear of like spending your good time worrying about when the bad is coming, you're literally wasting it. Where yeah. already know something's going to throw you. Absolutely. I think this is very much a, a, a cultural dy- uh, like dynamic that is happening around perfectionism. I think this idea of fixing is like rampant and especially, I mean, I think in general, but I see it in the healing world so much. So like a lot of the people who come to work with me are constantly trying to fix themselves and that's why they haven't been able to heal. And so this idea of black and white is really dangerous in my Mm -hmm. mind. It's like, they're not seeing that there's a whole spectrum and gradient of like grays and different colors and and how they flow together and um i feel like the the thing that supports people the most besides committing to the work and having that devotion is also really giving themselves grace to be where they are you know really seeing that there is no fixing like get that idea out of your mind because that would mean that you're broken and i really don't believe that anybody is broken we're just always going through these experiences that are you know helping us to expand and and contract expand and contract you know so um yeah if we can just like reframe fixing into embracing the messiness of the journey and really just uncovering you know Mm -hmm. um the perfectionism is like just takes over in so many different ways. I think a lot of times when we think about perfectionism, we're thinking about like, 
oh, I want to write it perfect or I want to look perfect, but it is so ingrained in the healing journey. And if you can just like surrender to what is, and the more you like celebrate that surrender, the more you expand, like the irony, that's the irony. The more you just like let go of those expectations, the more you actually are able to, you know, elevate in, in the ways that you really truly desire. Yeah. So much, so much truth in that. And, you know, surrender, we, I think are taught to control, right? We're taught to like, make sure everything's okay. And especially if we've grown up in any sort of trauma or chaos, right? Like little us learns how to read rooms and how can I show up here? What's safe? What's not safe? And to unlearn that as an adult is a process, right? And And a lot of it has to do with the somatic work that we're talking about, right? Like we cannot just in our mind say, oh, I need to feel safe, right? It's not just like a, a something that you can just convince yourself of. This is something that we need to do on a nervous system level. Like, and I know a lot of people are in, in people listening probably already know about the nervous system, but it's so important. If we're not feeling safe in our bodies, then we're not going to feel safe to expand. Exactly. And the safety or surrender or surrender, the safety in our bodies too affects everything. Our personal relationship with ourselves, our personal relationships, our job, the way that we mother or parent and like show up with our friends. Like, I don't, that is something that I don't think people realize is like how you can drop into your body and feel, feel literally affects everything. Everything. Yeah. Every single thing. Your intuition. Yes. And, you know, I'm so glad that more people, right, like we're on the Conscious Awakening Network. I'm so glad more people are waking up and becoming more conscious. And this is becoming a little bit more mainstream, thankfully, right? So, like, I'm a mom, right? I have two boys. And, like, for me as a parent, I am huge on energy and emotions with them, especially for boys. Because I'm like, I have seen, I have dated these men who were taught put dirt on it. Just get back up. You're fine. Crying is for babies. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look at all these traumatized older men that we have now that can't even feel anything. And even women, which you had said this earlier, don't even know what they want. Like that episode in the notebook or an episode, that part in the notebook where he's like, what do you want? And she's just crying. And you can tell she's got so much happening. She's like, I don't know what I want. I'm like, This is where most people are. And I'm like, we do know. So I also want to like say, we all know, but we have to undo a lot of layers sometimes to actually allow ourselves to even acknowledge what we know. Yes, absolutely. I actually had this conversation with my client yesterday and she's like, I don't know what I desire. And then when we dropped into the body, all that knowing came to the surface. And that's the thing of the, the magic of connection with the Soma is that the wisdom inside will is there. Like, it's not that things are implanted later on. No, it's this uncovering so that you can actually feel it and tune into it and hear it. But the key also in this process is acting on it. So mm. a lot of times people will, if they hear it, they might not trust it 
and actually follow through. And so that part of acting and following through is such a key piece to keep this um, flow to go keep going. And so that's really how we start to cultivate more self trust is like really following through with these awarenesses that we are, are, are tapping into. And I, I find that there is a lot of women like people are like, I have no idea what I desire. I'm like, Yes, you do. Like you just said, you absolutely do. You just haven't given yourself permission to to either feel it or have it. And and once they do, so much starts opening. That is like everything. But if you're full of resentment and anger and rage and not letting yourself shed and alchemize those things, you don't have the space. There's no space there, right? Everything is about creating space. Exactly. Can you the space to actually feel these other things that are already in there. Exactly. And I mean, you know, a lot of the fear I know is also rooted in, well, if what I want isn't what my partner wants, or it doesn't make me a quote, good mom, or means I would leave my job that I've had for 30 years, or, you know, I might feel shame come up around something sexually that I like, right? Like there's all of these different layers that yeah, we just have to unwind. And it's like, lay it down, lay it down. And it's for anybody listening who's getting activated, I'm sure by this conversation, please lean into guides, to mentors, to help you if you're like, yes, I want this, right? But everything else is like, I don't even know how to get there. I don't even know where to start. And I'd love for you, Poe, to share we could keep going. I feel like on this forever. So we're definitely going to have to do a round two. My last yes. few podcast people, I've been like, we are round twoing because we've just scratched the surface. However, um, I would love for you to kind of just share what are you offering right now? Like where can people work with you, find you? What does that look like? Anything coming up? So anyone who is super activated, they can take the action to step into like, okay, yes, I'm doing this. Yeah, I would love um, for people to join me in my nine day masterclass series. It's called Activate Your Authenticity. Um, it's absolutely free. It starts February 19th and it's going to be deeply transformative. We're going to go into anger alchemy. We're going to activate the voice. We're going to release people pleasing. We're going to fall in love with ourselves. And I'm going to talk about microdosing as well as an acceler uh, accelerator to the process because it deeply works on the nervous system mm -hmm. and rewiring, helping us to rewire. Um, and that's to share more about my program coming home to you, which is going to be starting the beginning of March. And I'm really excited about it because it's literally everything we talked about and more. Yes. Um, and I just want to say a last thing about anger alchemy is that the way I teach it, it's about love. Like it's really because love is the only alchemizing force there is. And so this this willingness to love on a deeper level, love ourselves on a deeper level. And that means allowing ourselves to feel and release and express. You know, I'm really, everything I do is about helping people to be in their fullest expression. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that was my alchemy process. You know, I had so much shame and judgment about how loud I was, like I talked earlier, like how much I laugh and like, being big or quote unquote too much. And so I realized, and, and I'm sure your listeners can probably identify with this, the thing that you have shame about the most or have shame about as a young person is your gift once you alchemize all the shame. So mm. um, that's why I do this work is because I realized, oh, my, <laughs> I'm very self-expressed and 
um, I can help others in this process too. So I hope you all join me. Um, it'll be fun and yes. deeply, deeply, deeply transformative. So exciting. Well, for everyone who wants more information on Poe and all of her magical gifts and authenticity activation, which I love that we share that, we will drop all of her links, her socials, ways to connect with her down below in the description. Thank you so much for just bringing your light and your gifts. And I am like, I needed this today too. I'm like so lit up to have this conversation with you. So any other little last bits that you just want to share before we sign off? Yeah, thank you for having me. This was such a juicy convo. And yeah, I would like to say to everybody, it is possible. Like it, it, it may feel scary to tap into the anger. I understand that. I know that they, there may be fear that you might get lost in it, that you might lose control or, you know, hurt yourself or hurt other people, or you might even have a fear that you can't even tap into it because it's so inaccessible. But I want you to know that I've worked with so many women in this process and it's actually more gentle and accessible and not scary in the ways that you think it is. Like, I just want to take that off the table. Like, so you know that all those fears, yes, you can have them, but it's it's not the reality. So um, I'm happy to, you know, sh you know, guide people in a way that makes them feel more safe. So reach out if mm. you have questions. Yes. I love your energy. Pose energy is always loving. It's always safe. I feel like you are like the guide for this, this work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Um, for everybody who is new, I would love for you guys to subscribe into the network conscious awakening network. And if you would like any more information again on Poe, it will be down in the description. We will see you guys next Monday, 10 AM Eastern standard. Bye. Bye.